0: Hey babes, welcome to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak, hosted by yours truly, Alexander Eva May. On this show, we get real about healing after heartbreak and thriving on the other side. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak podcast. I am truly honored that you have decided to spend some of your time listening to this episode because time is Precious, so thank you for being here. It means everything in the world to me. Uh, if you haven't listened to any episodes, you can connect with me. And I say, if you haven't listened to any episodes, because maybe I've like, it's like, dude, you've said this on every episode. Why are you saying it again? The reason I'm saying where you can connect with me again is because there's always new people listening to new episodes, and I never know which one they're going to listen to. So, if you haven't yet listened, or if you just forget, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Alexander Eva May. I've also got a best-selling book out there. You can buy it. It's on Amazon, Her Awakening, One Woman's Journey to Healing After Divorce. I'll talk a little bit more about the book at the end of the episode. Uh, But yeah, those are the things. (laughs) You might've looked at the title of this episode and thought, that's a little bit weird. What is she possibly gonna talk about? Life isn't a competition. How does that have anything to do with heartbreak? It has everything to do with heartbreak. Okay, here's the thing. And yeah, maybe actually, maybe you don't relate at all. And maybe what I'm talking about is bullshit to you, then I guess, I don't know, go do something else. But a lot of females, and again, I'm speaking to the women because those are kind of like my my pe- my audience, I guess. Like if dudes are listening, that's fantastic. But I'm just, I'm talking from a female female perspective. You might relate if you're a guy, but you might not. Anyways, a lot of women, I would argue, we feel competition with ourselves, sort of like... Ugh. I'm 35. I don't know what age you are, but even if you're like 20 or 25, you might feel this a little bit. There's a narrative. Even with how amazing things have progressed for women and more acceptance about things, there's still a fucking narrative out there that women are supposed to be in relationships, get engaged, get married, have the babies do that stuff. And if you are one of those fortunate few that haven't hasn't heard that narrative from like moms parents or hasn't heard it haven't like what is with me today hasn't haven't whatever if you haven't heard (laughs) the narrative like in the media in shows or like you have a different kind of like story in your head bravo that's amazing you're in a great spot but I think a lot of the times there's this like underlying competition in our minds and a lot of the times it's with ourselves but like we feel like oh like look over there look at Sarah over there Sarah's you know she's so in love and so look at like how nice our boyfriend is and treats her so well I want that like automatically you're putting yourself in a position of competition with her or like look at Sandra over there Sandra's she's engaged and she's having the big Pinterest wedding and oh my god I'm so jealous like that's what I want again you're putting yourself in competition with Sandra or like look at Nancy oh my god like she's married she's got a house she's got babies like oh my god like and her husband he's so wonderful. Oh, like that's what I want and that's what like I think I'm supposed to have. Like that's what I've been told. Oh my god. It goes on and on. And it's not just like relationship stuff. It's like the body stuff, right? Like where we see all these images on freaking social media and these like things about like women like getting pregnant and losing the weight and bravo to them and like it's just it's it's a long-standing tradition of taking women and making us feel like shit because we're not doing whatever it is that like we've been told we're supposed to do in regards to body stuff, in regards to job stuff, in regards to domestic stuff with kids, in regards to like relationship things. It's hard and it can, hard, it can be hard to step out of the race. Um, there's this quote. I don't know who put it out there. Um, I found it on Google <laughs> and it was like from anonymous. So I don't know who originally said it or wrote it. But the quote is, she silently stepped out of the race that she never wanted to be in and found her own lane and proceeded to win don't you love that like by getting into your own lane and not caring about what everybody else is doing like you're bound to just win <laughs> isn't that beautiful like when we're in that race with all these other women that we never decided we were like enter we didn't know we entered it but we got in there somehow god we can feel awful about ourselves and when you step out of it though and get in your own lane and decide i'm gonna like it's my life and I don't need to compete with anybody else. Like you can win. So just to give you a little bit of perspective of what I went through um, after my heartbreak, these are the thoughts that unfortunately like went through my mind at any moment. So I thought things like I'm too young to be going through a divorce. That's my context. I was around 30 when I was going through it. So even if you're not going through a divorce, you could be thinking like I'm too young to be going through this heartbreak or I'm too old. That's another idea. Like you might be like, oh, my God, I'm 26. I'm 27. I've been in this relationship for a number of years. Like, I'm too old. Like, I need to settle down. I got to get the ring by 30. There's a number of ideas you might be playing in your head. Um, Or if you're going through a divorce at, say, like 50, you might be thinking, like, I'm too old for this. Like, what am I possibly going to do? So these ideas about age can enter your head. Another idea that went through my head was my marriage was too short like there's some sort of time that I was supposed to have. I mean, I guess till death do us part, it's supposed to be forever. But you know, marriage is kind of different these days, right? So marriage does not last forever. But I had this idea, it was too short. Well, like, what is this timeline that I had? And you might be thinking about your relationship, like, oh my God, I can't believe, like it was five years and now I'm single. So like, you know what I mean? Like we have these ideas about length of time. Another thing that I thought is like no one in my extended family is going through divorce. None of my friends are going through divorce. And again, with a breakup, you could be like, no, but none of my friends, they're all happily in relationships. And I'm over here just going through a breakup. I thought things like, I feel like a failure. I have no kids. Like I was around 30 and I was like, I don't have any children and I'm 30. What am I going to do? Like that was some sort of life sentence. Like that's, you know, And why did I decide that 30 was the age like this? Oh my God, I can't believe. But we, it's this weird indicator of by 30, you better settle down, better have the kids. And so I felt like this failure because I hadn't lived up to this age that I decided I was supposed to have things. Um, And I also thought things like everyone my age who wants kids is having them. And I thought like, I'm behind in life. Everyone else is winning. All of these statements were very much in relation to like what other people are doing. At no point did I turn into myself and think, how is this divorce or for you, this breakup or whatever you're going through, how is it actually serving me and helping me win? Nope, I just kept comparing myself to others. And it's really interesting that a lot of the thoughts, like I said, were all in relation to others. I know that's human nature, we compare ourselves to others all the time. And it might like seem almost impossible not to compare yourself. Like if you're going through heartbreak or divorce at any age, it can be kind of like impossible not to look at what your friends are doing and think how like your life is in relation to them. Um, I think we all do it, but that doesn't mean that it's healthy. It's it's really toxic. And like for me, I saw all these people around me forming families, getting married, making babies and I was over there at like 30 blowing up my life and for a lot of people listening you might be feeling that too like everyone else looks like they got their shit together but I'm over here blowing up my life but I had to really flip the script because I wasn't yeah I was blowing up my life but like the explosion was fucking good it was a good thing and for a lot of you you're comparing yourself to other people who knows what's going on in their homes. We have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. And a lot of these in quotation marks, happy couples or happy families could have a lot of shit going on. So you never really know, right? So you might be even comparing yourself to an idea of the lives of others that doesn't even, it's not even real. And like I said, even if you feel like you're blowing up your life, that explosion might be the best thing that's ever happened to you. So for example, here's here's an example from my life. And this helped me flip my perspective during this time. When I was in this fucking place of competition, I saw this play and it was called Victory for the Recycled Virgin. And it was at uh, the Fringe Festival in my hometown. And like I said, it totally adjusted my perspective. So the basic storyline is about a woman who experienced a divorce at the age of 40 after 20 years of marriage during the 1960s. So if we do the math, she would have gotten married like nineteen forty and she's getting this divorce in the 1960s. And then the majority of the story that follows is about the trials, tribulations, successes, and joys that happened in her life following her divorce. Now, before I go on and tell you anything more about this woman, I want you just in your head to think how difficult that would have been in the 1960s to go through a divorce. Like, it was different. Now, it's way more acceptable. Can you imagine... like that. And never mind, she was married for 20 years through the 50s, like, right? Like, but another thing I want to point out is that the woman on the stage telling the story was 81 years old. She divorced in her 40s, but that was only one part of her life. So I think when we go through these heartbreaks, we feel like our world is ending, but we can be very short sighted. We can only see our present pain and maybe the very uh, close future pain. Like you can think, oh my God, what am I going to do this year? Or, oh my God, I'm single. Like, how can I be single at 30 or 35 or 40 or whatever age it is that you've decided that you need to be in a relationship? But you can be so short-sighted. Your life is not over. It's not even remotely over. There are so many chapters ahead of you. So this woman, she divorced in her 40s, but that was just one one experience in her life one part of her life her marriage of 20 years was only one part of her life after she went on to have an unbelievably fulfilling life she on the on the stage she had all these different stories of her experiences all these different things she did and at 81 she is thriving and is inspiring and she made it very clear by the end of the show yeah like her divorce her heartbreak was only one part of the journey. Another significant part of her life proved to be writing, directing, and starring in a production that tours all across North America at the age of 81. And the day I saw that play was the day that I added a new hero to my list of people I admire. Like this woman could have allowed her experience of divorce in the 19, I've said it a few times in the 1960s to destroy her, but she didn't. She thrived. So if this woman did it, (laughs) she's getting on stage in her 80s doing an international tour of her play. Like, think what you can do. Think what is possible to you. Think what the future could hold for you. I know it's hard not to just look at the small picture, but it's way more important right now to think of the big picture. Life isn't a race, even if you feel that it is. Yes, people around you might be getting married or engaged or in relationships. Yes, people around you might be having children. Okay, let's be happy for them. But you don't need to measure the success of your life in relation to what anyone else is doing with theirs. You're not in a competition with anyone. Life really isn't about the finish line as this woman in the play proved because her finish line, we don't even know where it's gonna be, right? Her life was all about her experiences and part of that is this play. Life is really, it's like to be cliche, it's about the journey. And for anyone out there like that is doubting their journey right now, you have no idea what is just around the next bend. You have no idea what chapter is going to begin. And it's so funny, I decided to record this episode today because earlier in my car, and this is not why I decided to record this episode, but earlier in my car, I like, was thinking about all that's happened in my life in the last six or seven years. Uh, Because when my, my heartbreak happened, that significant heartbreak I talk about on the show a lot, it happened around six or seven years ago. And we can go through 10 years of our life and not have a lot happen, but we can go through a year of our life and have so much happen. Do you know what I mean? And in the last seven, six, seven years of my life, like I have, God, okay, like these are all the things I thought about in the car. I have lived with my best friend, lived downtown. I have fallen in love. I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, diagnosed with infertility, went through that shit storm. But I came out the other side. I had a beautiful little boy at the age of 35. So ladies, if you are freaking out because you're going through heartbreak and you're like, I need kids. I had, a, I had my baby at 35. Women have their babies in their later 30s, early 40s. It's not the end of the world and we need to stop thinking thinking of it like that. I didn't even meet my, the guy, the baby daddy, because <laughs> we're not married, we're partners. But I didn't even meet him until I was 32, I think. And then, yeah, like I said, I didn't have a baby till I was 35 after being diagnosed with fucking PCOS and infertility. Okay, so let's keep going. I also traveled the world. I went to um, Europe. I went to Spain and Portugal with my sister. I went to Greece on my own. I went to South America, Peru, Bolivia with girlfriends. So I traveled. I started a blog and connected with thousands of people around the world. I wrote a fucking book. And I've got some amazing um, things that are opening up right now. And I don't know if um, when this episode will air. So maybe I'll announce them in this episode. I'm just recording. When I edit, I might add a little bit about what's going on. But I don't know when this is going to drop. But maybe when it's dropping, these things are happening and funny timing, I am actually jumping into that exciting other thing I just mentioned. Um, I recorded this episode actually months ago, Um, Life Got Crazy, and I'm releasing it now. And right now, is funny thing, I am launching my career as a children's book author. So I mentioned a lot on the show, I have a nonfiction book out. I am an author, um, but I haven't written children's literature before. And that's where my heart is lying. So I'm going to be writing a YA romance novel next year. But right now I've got picture books out. And one actually is in pre-order right now. It's called Masterpiece. It's an inclusive story about a little boy on the autism spectrum. Uh, He also happens to be nonverbal. And in the book, he wears noise-canceling headphones, which is like not heard of in children's literature. And in this story, he just sees the world differently than everybody else. And this different perspective that he has makes him a true masterpiece. Like I mentioned, the book's in pre-order right now, um, but it would mean the world to me if you ordered a copy. And I know most people listening, maybe don't have kids or don't read kids books. And you don't even need to. Like if you have kids in your life, maybe your sister has children, you can buy them for her kids. You can buy copies and donate them. I mean, you could even buy them and just get rid of them. I don't I don't care. But if you pre-order, you were really supporting me, which is amazing. And your support helps me like continue to do this podcast. If I could somehow become a full-time author, I could pump out way more <laughs> podcast episodes uh, because I could pursue that right now. Life is so busy with my real job. Um, But anyways, if you go to www.wishingstarpublishing.com and it's linked in this episode, you can pre-order Masterpiece. And with this pre-order, which is really cool, you can also donate copies um, to kids that um, are in need. So part of this pre-order campaign is if you donate copies, they'll go to either organizations that support children in need Uh, libraries, or schools. So if you don't read books, but you just want to support me or support this beautiful book getting out into the world, uh, you can do it that way. Donate copies and head over right now. As well, during the pre-order campaign, my other kid's book called The Self-Love Book is discounted. So you can get a copy of that book. Uh, It will be signed. So will Masterpiece. Both will be signed and come to you. Um, They'll come to you fall 2023. And if you're listening to this episode in fall 2023 and they're already released, please go head over to wishingstarpublishing.com, order some copies. I will get them to you or check out Amazon. They're probably up there, but that's in the fall. So if you're listening right now, they're not there yet. Um, With the pre-order campaign, the first hundred orders are going to get a gift as well. And right now, I think we're at around 60 pre-order copies, which is amazing. The goal is 200 copies. So if you could help me reach that goal, honestly, I would love you forever. That would be so, so cool. Um, We're at about 60 copies. So they're going. The pre-order has only been up for about a week. Um, They're going, right? The 60 copies are already gone. Only 40 left and you will get that gift with the first 100 copies. And you honestly, if you order a copy, you can say you were there when this, this started. So this is another part of this like what I was mentioning, you never know what's coming with these books. I'm also launching Wishing Star Publishing, which is an independent publishing house publishing books for kids and teens. And this is my side hustle. And this is never something I thought would ever happen. Like if you asked me six years ago when I was going through this split, if this would ever be my future, I would have laughed in your face and said, no way, Jose. So it's so cool that this is happening. So if you pre-order in this campaign, you're, you know, you're helping launch this really cool side hustle of someone who like was devastated by heartbreak. You're you're helping get it off the ground and you can say like you were part of getting it off the ground as well. I'm doing a Kickstarter for the book as well. So in your mind if you're like Alex, I really don't want to order copies and I really don't want to donate copies, there's another link in this episode for the Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter I'm opening up uh, because I want to open up the opportunity for anyone to be part of the pre-order campaign. So you can just throw a few bucks my way and it will go towards uh, funding the first print run of this beautiful book. And the Kickstarter, I don't know if you know anything about Kickstarter, but it's like an all or none type platform. So you set a goal. Um, and if you don't reach that funding goal, you don't get any of the money. I'm at like 30% of the Kickstarter funding goal met, which is cool, but I got to get to 100. (laughs) So if you don't want to order a book, you can head over to the Kickstarter and throw in a few bucks. And honestly, seriously, it would mean the world to me. So yeah, in case you missed it head over to wishingstarpublishing.com, link in this episode, and you can check out a YouTube video. I've got a video up there with the book trailer, me talking about the books. If you like want to see my face, you can watch the video as well over there. And then if you just scroll down to the bottom of the page, that's where you can do your pre-order. You can pre-order one copy, two, three, four, five, class set if you're a teacher out there. Um, you can donate a bunch of copies if you want. It's all there. I have made some amazing friends. Like I have bought a house. <laughs> So much has happened in my life in the last five, six years um, since that moment when I thought my world was ending and I was blowing up my life. That explosion was the best thing that ever happened for me because it was totally for me. It was in service of my fucking destiny, my journey. And early when I was in pain, I just would get lost in the competition, thinking I was failing, comparing comparing myself to all my friends, all my peers, what I thought, where I thought my life should be at what point. And if I had stayed stuck there and gotten lost there, I never would have had these amazing things and these amazing blessings happen in my life. So the best thing you can do right now, the best thing is to change your thoughts about your heartbreak. A lot of our mental health and our feelings, they start in our mind, they start with our thoughts, right? So if you can shift your thoughts, you can shift your feelings. I want you to change your thoughts about this heartbreak, change them from a place of feeling like a failure, feeling like you're failing compared to your peers, feeling like your your life is uh, blowing up and, and everything's awful, and change them to a place of feeling like this is the best explosion to ever happen this shift in my life is going to change everything. This is going to open doors. My life is going to become amazing. I have no idea what is waiting for me in the far future, but never mind even that, in the very near future or who is waiting for me. There's a lot of days where your life doesn't change, but a day can change your life and you just have no idea what's waiting for you in the future. So instead of like, staying stuck in this place of pain, start focusing on that beautiful future ahead and take yourself out of the race that you never signed up for in the first place. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the show. I love that you're here with us. If it wasn't mentioned in the episode, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Alexander Eva May. It is linked below in the show notes. Um, grab my book if I haven't mentioned it in the episode. <laughs> I probably did, but you can grab my book, Her Awakening. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller, so go get it. And tune in every other Tuesday. We have a new episode, and thank you for being here. Go have a beautiful week, and catch you next time.